Okay, welcome back to the War Horse Podcast, episode 34. GoldenGoatGuild.net is the website, Golden Goat Guild on Instagram. These are the main outlets. You can find your way over to Patreon and subscribe and gain the full experience. Breathwork consultations, also on the website. Get yourself some. You have no idea what you're doing, you have no idea what you're missing. You have, you have no fucking idea. Price is, is, is right. Tailored to your situation and ongoing as need be. As well, the Navigator course. Check it out. It can, it can be sort of hinted at, but it can't be fully described. Just uh, locked down my second visit with Clay Martin. So he will be appearing in the next episode as well. There are several, at least one return guest and several others. Very appropriate for our needs who will be joining us soon. For the avid warhorse absorber, you have you are certainly aware of a few threads that we've left dangling. One of those would be agility that we didn't get to last time. So that's in this episode. Another would be Zenia. And yet another would be would pertain to a post that went up on Patreon, I think, last week in relation to the previous episode. So I'm going to open up here with some, some discussion on what exactly is going on there. I think the piece was called... Uh, what was it called? Meta Story Breakdown or something like that. So... What I'm getting to here is that no matter where you turn in the therapeutic, psychological, human performance spaces, you're going to run into the idea of you telling stories to yourself. You know, this is well entrenched into the culture by now. You have people asking each other, you know, um, well, does that story still serve you? Maybe you need to let it go. And this is, I'm not trying to, to completely belittle it as all. I think, as usual, they're chipping away at something, a, an immense mountain, and they're doing so with little tiny mouse teeth down at the bottom. Um, and so, of course, also in our context, this is immediately feminized, um, 
it's controlled in terms of its content, top-down, censorship, what have you. This is not going to be highly tuned for the aggressive, red-blooded, hetero, um, paterfamilias American warlord. But you know what? The motherfucking warhorse is. So if this is your thing, you've come to the right place. So it is true, and you know this is true, the multiplicities of yourself, the mold, teleology, we've built out all of the pieces as well as the road right through it all, that being the warrior's way, in all of the previous episodes. And in some sense, it leads to this idea. It's not the totality of the message or anything else, but it's something to consider. So typically what we're told, if you, we are confronted by some dilettante, you know, half-assed wannabe therapist, or if we are consensually engaged with uh, something like a competent therapist. I mean, you can, sh- you can, if you wade through Instagram, you'll probably get hit with it. Um, but it's this idea that you have a story of some type that you're holding on to. Usually this is related to You know, and this is where I, I quibble with a lot of this stuff, but it's um, related to unprocessed trauma. Okay, so nine times out of ten, trauma is not being defined, processed is not being defined, and some of that's understandable because we are organic individual creatures. So processing it, we're not going to simply download the fucking antivirus software and, oh, okay, I'm good. That's not what happens. The best hope that we have in confronting trauma is to incorporate it in and write the story consciously about what it means. And being that we are where we are in time-space history, we've got the two sides, singularity and collapse, you know, looming on the, the very near fucking horizon. It would behoove us to, to strip this thing down and, um, sort of reorient it in a way that would actually advance our cause. So I'm going to go ahead and agree that, and I've stated this before, everybody has trauma. I'm going to agree that everybody has a story. Where I'm going to disagree is on a couple places. The conscious development of that story the 
the idea that everybody can become conscious to tell their own story, this is not something that I believe. I, 46 years old, in my experience, and I honestly, I do not, this, I fucking guarantee you that intelligence is not the operative piece there, like IQ sorts of intelligence. It plays a role, it's going to help some, and, and it's going to hinder others. Um, you know, and we'll get into, I think, if we can, if I can remember to why, why that probably is in my opinion. So you go into therapy, you get hit with this idea, like, huh, I've got, I got a story I'm telling myself. It's usually something that's kind of holding me back, or maybe it's diminishing my capabilities or my uh, what they would call like, you know, your self-perception, your self-image, these sorts of things. These sorts of things can be true. Um, in many cases, it's it's really, it's sad, you know. Um, oftentimes the blame I don't, I I would imagine I don't have any fucking real data for this. I'm, you know, data. (laughs) Why do I need that? Um, but I would imagine that a lot of the blame, you know, for the origin of this self-destructive story is going to be misplaced. A lot of the blame is going to be misplaced. And, um, you can probably imagine what I mean by that and where most of the blame goes. And, one of the most tragic elements is that for most of us, this is going much of the middle ground of what I view as the like ubiquitous trauma that we all in modern first world societies take on the middle ground between the parent-child relationship and wherever you are in life is going to be kind of just skipped over. Oh, you had a bad relationship with your girlfriend. Yeah, that's tough. But, you know, you were only 20 and so life goes on. So let's get down to the, you know, part where we either blame your mom or your dad or both of them together. And, okay, so there's some value to this. Um, And I think that a lot of the therapeutic world is like with everything else is trying to fucking get her done on a, on some, you know, got to get paid timeline sort of thing. They're not really, you know, interested in being paid with chicken eggs and sitting with you on the mountaintop for six weeks or six months to, to really work it out. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, don't take that to mean that your silly trip, you know, to, to the Andes and your six doses of ayahuasca or fucking 600 of them is, is the point. It's not. The question is, what is the trauma exactly? And How does some type of narrative 
arise out of whatever it was. Some definitions have it that trauma is not just simply like a bad thing happened to me or I was around for a bad thing or something along those lines. It's more as if something, some set of circumstances, some experience was outside of my bandwidth to process in that moment and my body tripped over into central nervous system dysregulation one way or another because it can go both ways you can get essentially too far up or too far down and for some people I didn't, as mentioned in earlier episodes, I'm probably one of the luckiest people in terms of, you know, uh, early childhood and my upbringing and all those sorts of things. I mean, I wasn't beaten, you know, I wasn't forgotten. I didn't not have food. I wasn't abused. In any way. And so for those cases, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a novelist. I'm not probably the guy you should be turning to if, if that's the route. It's just simply to pull some of this apart for my purposes and hopefully yours as well. I'll be honest with you. My personal take is that you're not remade from that. You know, you don't overcome that. Um, There's too much that happens in that middle ground that was sucked over in the therapeutic process or usually in even discussion, you know, amongst peers or what have you. The, the groove of that loop has been, has wobbled you to and fro. You're set on a trajectory. And I think that, you know, maybe I underestimate or maybe we generally underestimate the ability of folks to remake themselves. I believe this as well to some degree. The issue is, is that what allows that, um, self-creation if you will or yeah i wouldn't view really view it as self-creation more like just the radical immediate dismissal of huge tranches of my life i know in castanadian terms don juan says we hardly realize that anything can be dropped in an instant I happen to believe that, but I have questions about, you know, it's kind of in his statement. We hardly ever, we, so that's my point is I don't think that that trajectory sets a lot of people up to be able to do that. And I don't think that the majority of them do. And so that's, it's not to say there aren't exceptions, but that's that.
usually the stories that are being told that the, the therapist wants to unravel are, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I don't deserve it, I'm not lovable, these sorts of things. And this goes forward, you know, in life until the, the, the client, the hypothetical client in question shows up at the, the office because he can't get laid or he cannot sustain a relationship or, or what have you, whatever it is. prevailing model of the trauma loop I'm with. What the trauma is um, and what all is happening with this experience is totally not clear. Totally not set in stone. So some would have it that the sense of being overwhelmed or something swallowing, you know, just something immense. Um, sort of, sort of makes sense because for, for a few reasons. When the, when the body, when it said the body keeps the score, you can experience something that for, let's say, 9 out of 10 people would be traumatic. But for you, you know, you've got, you've got, either got blinders on or you've got maybe a minor little breath practice or you, you've got some little ritual that you do or you have a story that you tell yourself. Oh, I can get through this. I'm, you, a lot of times, jobs that require getting your getting your your hands dirty um those who can stick with it have some some means of doing that mentally this is the story part what they don't have i think most of the time is the combination um awareness the story and the story has to do with identity as well. It's, it's, it's how do you perceive yourself? What do you think about yourself in the situation? I'm in a gunfight. I have no experience in this. I've never fired a weapon. There's five people. I don't, I don't have anything I can, I don't have any experience. Okay, well, there you go. You're, you're in over your head. Going back to the, the vocational example, if this person does have some narrative such that they can get through this intense experience, the body still keeps the fucking score. So, so what is it? Is it that that experience is not objectively traumatic or does it mean that it is objectively traumatic and you were just able to tell yourself a story to get through it but yet the, the wound or what have you is is taken on no it's none of that it's a whole 
different set of dynamics. And I think that the human performance side is close, but I don't think they have the whole the whole picture here. And I and they won't get it. I mean, human performance just fucking definitionally or examine you know the types that populate that world um and not all some of them are fantastic and i'd love to have them in my life but the vast majority of them are, are just like any other fucking industry so the body insofar as it keeps the score this is referring to the physiological reaction. Super jacked up heart rate, massive dump of endogenous chemicals. Um, and that that is a like a sort of impact on the body, which can either be managed later if there's awareness or it cannot. Okay, so... 99 out of 100 times, it's not going to be managed at all. Maybe have 9 or 10 or 22 beers, miss some sleep, do whatever, snort some blow, time goes on. Yeah, I have some bad dreams. What I, you know, take the various factors in your analysis and just dial them up, down, or what have you, because you're going to have, you have cases all over the map. So the story, let's say, for the, for the sake of clarity, let's say that right now a positive story may be, okay, I'm trained for this, I'm equipped for this, I can handle this, I'm going to, I do have breath work, I'm going to immediately become aware of my physiological response. That's, that's the fucking main key right there. If that never happens, I don't think any of the rest of this happens, but let's say that happens. You know, you've got some dude in Portland who gets in a, oh God, I don't know, maybe has to um, get in a, a huge shootout with some micro covens and a bunch of homeless people, but he's got, um, he's got the best yoga instructors and um, a private breath work practice that he's worked, that he's been into for three or four years. He knows what he's in for. He's able to manage it. He trains. He comes out on top. He he realizes through his training, his extracurricular training, that he's going to have to set aside time to to quote process that. So he's going to examine what kinds of thoughts he's having. He's going to examine that ongoing physiological state is he sleeping well is he eating well um he may discuss it with some people he may you know a variety of people would probably be good and he's going to continue to basically stay in his body what i'm driving at here is a sort of super radical um re-embodiment I concept. So so this guy basically went through what I said would be, you know, pretty cutting edge approach 
in my opinion, what's missing here is a couple things, but mainly it's some sort of awareness, really that's it, of everything outside of himself. Leading up to this nasty urban battle with the microcovens of Portland and their homeless hobo demon denizens during, after, and maybe this is where something approximating IQ or would would come in. in terms of an ability to actually learn and comprehend what all what is all around you you know uh, i think most people don't consider things like just real basic shit like the food is trucked into the city it's it, it there's more to it than just showing up at the restaurant putting your plastic down and eating the thing there's a vast infrastructure out there and that vast interest, infrastructure has impact and footprint and externalities, as they say, um, are being offloaded everywhere. And there's feedback loops between all of that. And so that simple operation is affecting being on multiple strata, and then you globalize it, etc. So this is not really something that I want to spend a hell of a lot of time doing. You already say that the trauma is a little bit less um, consensual, if you will, not vocational. And nonetheless, to, to process it entirely is to sort of reposition that sense of self into a context that you understand. Um, and so there's a couple, one of the problems that I see with the, the modern approach here is that while lip service will always be paid towards your feelings, you know, uh, yeah, you have every right to be, to feel angry about that. Okay. Do I have every right to go and behead, um, some or all of those people that are responsible for, the actual creation of that con that context that has now become clear to me because I had to force my way through it to resituate myself, gather the multiple, very dispersed a aspects of myself into some very temporary state of um. <sighs> coherence let's say of course not so this to me seems to be a, a fundamental inescapable flaw it it is not simply you know and much of this is so is spread out between so many compartmentalized fields if you will of, of study that um in the end you know the navigator gorilla 
is is what you're left with if you catch my meaning you are you are not going to work through all of that trauma and not let's say it this way so if the body keeps the score in this energetic sense If you isolate that in your analysis, just simply to this atomized individual, and no responsibility for any of of that experience, this shit that needs to be, or doesn't need to be, but will fuck you up if you don't work it out, and will cost you a lot if you do work it out, with no avenues to make whole, no recourse, no satisfaction. I think you can see that it, it's a bit of, well, it's, it's what James LaFond correctly identified. It's, it's the solution of a matriarchal culture on death's doorstep. So all of that was to lead up to the idea that the story that you tell yourself is, is crucial. They're right. But if you tell yourself, to go back to our example, the story that, well, that's just out of my hands at a certain point. Well, that anger needs to be displaced onto some artificial, you know, pseudo-object like working out really hard. Which can automatically become its own version of the avoidance pattern. In fact, a great, I mean, massive amounts of the fitness industry are driven by and sustained by that very originating trauma, the childhood sort of variety of which we spoke just a moment ago. Do they know it? I, some of them do, but it is that way nonetheless. So another issue here. And this too is, you know, very much a piece of the human performance, um, professional athletics, all yeah, the entirety of the like vanity industries is the comparative narrative. The comparative narrative, basically, you're A B testing your shit. It's it's just another version of sort of keeping up with the Joneses. But it, it's just your, you know, this girl's ass versus the other girl's ass. Or, you know, in a slightly less crass example, it's this guy's time on the 1500 versus this other douchebag's time on the 1500. Competition, these things set that have, you know, value in other systems. Let's set these aside for a second. And make the point that, which bolsters the argument made 
10, 10 episodes back about the real deal with hierarchy. And, and that's like, you know, going to the heart of it. This is more, okay, how do I get there? So as well, we're weaving in here, you know, the possibility of the, the worthy opponent. So the comparative narrative seems to be pretty automatic. And I think where it's derived from is the idea of the worthy opponent or um, some other sort of legitimate contest, whether that's as like a suitor or, a, you know, two hunters going up against each other for the last caribou um, in the dead of winter, what have you. Neither of which is on the same scale as, uh, of any type of scale as, you know, her ass versus her ass and which one's better. But the comparative narrative as a tool seems to be this device that is fucking, if not damn near automatic, you know, it, it well, it is. It's damn near automatic. It's so commonplace. The interesting danger here is, you know, there's this guy, Thomas Sauce, I think, and he, he railed against um, the entire concept of mental illness. And if you get into it, it's pretty interesting. Um, I happen to agree with probably, probably all of it. And I, and I think that we're, we're, even for all of our faults and fucked up, behavior we're on the verge of of realizing that dysregulation in the central nervous system is uh the basis for for all of what is now being pathologized medicalized it's 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 just that it's just you don't get off your ass and walk enough you breathe through your fucking mouth, you stuff your face with stupid shit, and you do stupid shit most of your day. You stare at a fucking screen, you you sit in a cramped little spot. I mean, it's all it's all just fucking stupid. And it's all much of it is born out of, you know, comparative narrative going back in X and or B or Y's individual history to whenever it occurred to them you know, that I'm going to have to make some sort of sacrifice to to get this thing which I'm lacking. Daddy's attention, mom's attention, the money that will get the girl to look at me, whatever it is. This is, you know, this is not your typical, quote, right-wing um, narrative. Most of that is geared more towards like this last ditch effort to save the incel or whatever. I got news for you, my friend. Outside of an absolute uh, sort of fascist and immediate, like by September, fucking takeover and rejiggering, you know, basically forced insemination, um, forced marriages, something along these lines. Um, 
you you got lost generations dude that's all you got you got some and that's yeah it's terrible and it's unfair and you can devote your life to changing that if you want but it's not going to work for shit because you're addressing it you're addressing a symptom and not the root so if you want to address it otherwise that would be that would at least give you a shot here all right back to the main concept the main concept is it's been said that you know the hero is sort of um because many people you know sort of begin a heroic story if you will of themselves but it's not a hero in the in the strict or ancient sense at all it's it's something a narrative that propels them into some sort of success usually like i'll make more money than dad or or i'll provide for the family or i'll be the one person that comes out of poverty or blah 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 and all of this of course is picked up by your idiotic absolutely demonic deceptive mainstream media which would tell you a lot if you stopped and thought about it for five fucking minutes pull yourself up by your bootstraps gosh darn it that shit still sells so the point about the hero is that it's dicey because i think that we want to if you have that the hero emerges out of the warrior okay you don't you you can do heroic shit i mean but i would i'll say this any case where you can give me of a heroic action you give me enough time i will suss out the warrior narrative root conscious or unconscious that gave rise to the legitimate heroic act is this to say no it's not to say that you know all warriors become heroes or it's not even to prioritize the hero you know in the ancient sense i think that what the hero was was more an idealization an idealization um of the warrior in a or b circumstance which is to say many of these myth myths revolving around heroes were attempts to sort of elucidate and describe the vast potential for available to the warrior sometimes you know how how you do this analysis i think is important however you do it you know some consistency maybe at the beginning to suss out the the essential piece of the thread before you go and rewire some new you know some new jerry rig shit cuz that's what we're talking about we're talking about rewiring some ancient non jerry rig shit but we're going to have to do the rewiring ourselves because assuming 
you know, Event Horizon, Singularity on the one hand, Collapse on the other. Um, either way. To let the absolute biggest pussies in history win out, I think will mean extinction for the human race. Um, whatever that exactly means, you know, within the various contexts of apocalypse, religious or otherwise. So, this is the point of you know, writing the meta story. Um, And this is how, at the higher level of abstraction, are you not, forgive me, I sometimes dabble with um, electrical components, but I am not an electrician. So, Yeah, I'm not going to be able to come up with a really beautiful um, analogous statement here. But the point is, going to the higher narrative, there is the possibility of, you know, being lost in the generality of it. Like, do you tell your kid to, and I'm not saying like, tell your kid to be a warrior and toughen up. And I'm not saying that at all. If anything, we'll speak to that for a second. Like don't traumatize your kid. Don't dysregulate his central nervous system. Familiarize him with his central nervous system. Give him all the fucking tools that I'm trying to choke down your throat that you are probably resisting through your own avoidance pattern that are available for 1999 on my website, by the way. And bypass there we go. We got some electrician lingo in there. That, that whole fucking thing. That's, that's the best thing you can do. Garen goddamn teed. Somebody like Odysseus benefited from that. Period. Fact. So, for ourselves and for, for making these sort of analyses, if you will. My suggestion, my argument here, what the past few instances uh, and will lead into Zania here in a minute are leading to is, oh yeah, we need to get the, the very interesting part about mental health. We'll go back right back to that. So leading to this idea that In a, in a baby step sort of way, the therapist world, I think, is either not want to give away the goodies on this or just kind of missing the forest for the trees, maybe. So in Thomas Sass again, you know, in his analysis, he had a number of sort of tests that you could you could perform on schizophrenics to his attempt was to delegitimize the idea of uh, chemical imbalance which has been mainstay for decades and he again he basically he destroys it all but 
you know, that one circular piece of the argument that can always go either way. And he, as one example, you know, it was, well, if, if a guy says that he talks to this demon or this God or this other entity and he goes into his room and then he tells us these stories and they're fucking batshit and then he comes back. Okay. But if a hundred people tell us that they go to a room or a temple and they talk to this guy and it's all pretty batshit, that's not fucking schizophrenic. That is religion. So in telling yourself the story, One, this is the crucial part for you. You are telling yourself a story. And you are telling yourself the story that they wanted you to tell. In one version or another. The key to happiness is freedom. The key to freedom is courage. That's fine, you know, for your fucking... Um, your prosperity gospel types or what have you. How is that going to work when the exchange comes between your story and the one you will impart on your daughter or son or niece or nephew or friend or what have you? Or do you just want to bypass all that shit and continue to tell that story? So I think that instead of gnawing at this teeny little bit of, of rotten fruit at the bottom of the mountain, what is available to you is actually not only the mountain, but whatever is behind the fucking mountain. Meaning, and the reason nobody does this, I, th I don't think this is like a tremendous insight, though it is better than fucking anything else that's out there right now. Um is that this entails, you know, getting up at 4.30 a.m. and experiencing extreme ownership. But this is actually, this, that's, that's branding um, entirely hollow. You know, some of it's true. You, do, you probably have to fucking pay your dues. But not necessarily. See, even that is not entirely certain. What are those dues? What's the schedule? Um, that is actually all up for grabs. But you are going to have to take on a sort of truly extreme responsibility in the way that, for example, the schizophrenic does not. You know, the real reason the schizophrenic is on the street is because the story he told didn't work for anybody around him. Nobody wanted to buy into it. Nobody wanted to support it. Maybe it was, it, in all likelihood, it was born out of some sort of trauma. And it was born, and it probably, the mold had very early on encircled this individual or at least, you know, extended one slippery, dark, sharp tentacle deep into that being such that it could you know, disrupt all of these other natural, I say social sort of boundaries, proclivities that we have. They're available to us. They're part of the gift. 
So in panentheistic terms, which is, again, going back to my issue with even the most cutting edge sort of um, theorizing on what trauma is, and we're getting to that point in the conversation where trauma is getting old. You know, we're just about at the place where society will accept, oh, fuck it, let's just go back to, you know, being bitter, callous pieces of shit to everybody and just laughing at it on television to justify it. Because if we laugh about it on television, you know, that'll, that'll fucking justify it fine-tune a couple things, you know, in family court or wherever else it, it wriggles out, but that'll be good enough. And that's going to be a fucking, that's going to be an, uh, a net negative, dude. So, in that piece, some of that responsibility was being addressed in a kind of bullet point format. I think it, it's extreme in the sense that it's, you know, a, another expression that's, that's thrown around is own your shit. Well, that's like, that's so fucking vague. Like what? Pay your bills? Yeah, pay your bills, but the rest of it's do whatever you want. Okay. Is it in the inverse? Is it, you know, treat everyone I, I meet with, um, the kindness and sort of respect that, that I would want for myself. Yeah. But I also have to pay the bills. Yeah. So it's, it's never quite as, um, as clear. And that's therein, I think is the point about this extreme form of responsibility. And therein is the reason why I think the forest is intentionally missed. Therein as well would lie, you know, our issue of leaders not rising up. Everybody, you know, in this milieu knows that, I mean, Spengler and everyone else has pointed out that the cultural context in which um, some great leader arises is essential. And that's kind of part of the argument, right? Without that context, that motherfucker's not going to arise. So... as has been put forward on this um, this wonderful podcast in previous episodes, you know, alternate arrangements are going to have to be made. And so, let me check my time, boys. Yeah, doing good. Okay, so for the rest of this this particular section, I'm going to come back to Zania because this is going to tie in in my little uh, conception here pretty nicely, I think. But let's bounce over to the criminal of purpose real quick. So, once again, for the avid warhorse absorber, the man who reads every word on every page. You will recall more than a couple hints towards, you know, the opportunities that many of us availed ourselves of in, in childhood. 
for this sort of, eh, not malicious, but um, dangerous play, let's say. I think here, you know, the segue is, is pretty solid if you give me a, a second. There is something to be said about the kind of, well, it's two sides, of course. I mean, you put down childish things when you become adult, but that doesn't mean that you don't sometimes pick them back up. And I think that in, this, in the way that we kind of have to use what we have available to us, and in the sense that many of us, you know, myself included, never really, really escaped childhood. And uh, trust me, I'm not, I haven't fucking played a video game in 35 years. Um, and once again, I have seen some shit that will absolutely break almost everybody and so it's not that to say nothing of the fact that i'm aware of this you know little um adage but it's not to say that something of the spark if you will this you know as an example i mean we know that the warrior the man really begins in the warrior the child so in the same way that the, maybe this door never quite closes and we've alluded in the past to asking ourselves did you ever go out did you ever sneak out of your house did you ever have to get really good at that to avoid your parents waking up what did you do when you got out there did you play hide and seek in the dark did you hunt each other down did you shoot each other with paintballs in the dark? Any of this shit is pretty solid um, survival guerrilla style training, if you know, exposure if not training. So Every kid, and I just got done, you know, saying I, my childhood was maybe not idyllic, but I, as I said, it was it was devoid of overt abuse, neglect. I was, you know, t told ten thousand times that was reiterated that I was loved and special and these sorts of things. And if you didn't have that, I'm, I, you know, maybe, maybe you're a better man than me. I don't, but you may, you may give some thought to that. And, um, cause personally, I'd like to sort of carry that forward for my own children and augment it in any number of ways. Regardless though. In terms of our criminal purpose and in terms of segueing our way out of this very high falutin meta conversation, 
the analysis of the analysis, which hopefully by design should return us back onto some sort of something approximating firm ground. Um, so even though your childhood or mine or whatever may have been good, we all have some, we have an innate sort of need to, to attract others, you know, to engage positively with them, be it female or friends, you know, male friends. There's a sort of social awareness that we have way to gauge those around us. In terms of our criminal purpose, I think this thought experiment that you that you can attempt and you know sort of integrate into your guerrilla studies, if you wish, falls under the the general soft skills category. It also dovetails with a notion that we put forward several times about how each of us has this, I think of it as like an automatic alarm bell, um, infinitely malleable, that we de we can determine, you know, what is the alarm for, what is it not for, and we can use this to develop different disciplines. For the tobacco addict, when not using, you know, if you smoke a cigarette seven minutes later, your pattern goes back on. You have something like that in your avoidance pattern. And you can leverage that in the way that you can trade one habit for another, right? You can use that urge to, to switch gears, to just swap as Don Juan says you can drop it in a heartbeat if you want and you have we all do a sort of cyclical uh, like a timer that's going off and you can only observe it if you are in the habit of developing awareness this is some high level shit this is not i think if you had something like a i don't know like a major m muscle group tick or something that would that would be actually really helpful. You'd be like, fuck, okay, I'm doing that thing again. You breathe through it, you let it go, and then you switch into this new habit that you're attempting to develop. For the non-avid warhorse absorber, I will, I will reinterject this idea that there's incredible value to, and to building up a habit and then consciously deconstructing it into something else. In metaphysical terms, you are back with the hunter. You are hunting yourself. You are building up a pattern and you are determining that outcome for yourself. So if you 
you if you're nimble enough, which you are, jump back to the entire previous conversation and consider these two notions in context. The hunter warrior master concept is an entire again, not an entire worldview, but certainly a way. And within it is everything you need. So in a way, I sort of shot my whole project in the foot. And so far as if you believe that, you could just download episodes 8, 9, and 10 and, and the rest could fuck off. But life never works that way. So I think we'll be okay. But the real point here is that we can leverage this what what is a sort of deficiency you know um this, this non-organic mechanization of ourselves that we that we brought about um through our various addictions that's what these are you know these are endogenous um chemical patterns neural pathways that you have to take responsibility for you know we built them maybe that trajectory was but you can either attempt like you can flush everything go to tibet and fucking spend the next 40 years hoping to levitate or you can do this right now and um weaponize your own wound to what end so the end is in my opinion this need that most of us experience when we all we all have it like and whether or not it becomes pathological or annoying or something is a whole other discussion but we have we require the attention of our caregivers our parents Fucking dogs, you know, do resource guarding. Um, where, if you know what that, if you don't know what that is, they will sort of try and hoard the the food giver to themselves, you know, and and monopolize his attention to make sure that you know he doesn't get left behind. You can rewire that in the most, you can just like flip it to the other side such that impulse for attention, you get your trigger, you breathe through it, and you can redirect it anywhere you want. One place that would, that I think is useful for the criminal of purpose to learn to redirect that need is its opposite. Instead of visible and um, oftentimes, you know, this is like it's sort of demanding and it can be disruptive from the point of, the, of view, say, of the parent. 
but that disruption is kind of non-intentional you know i don't think the kid is it almost works against his or her her intentions um her intentions or his intentions and so the opposite of this would sort of be to actually be invisible and be seeking places of disruption so in in one sense this is the actual nuts and bolts of what is said you know when you watch your concealed carry video or you know whatever i mean there's 10 million probably probably 100 million of these fucking videos you know nine tips to up your 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 self-defense it's always avoidance deterrence etc Usually, though, there is absolutely no discussion about how to actually change your behavior to do that, right? It's just, well, you need to raise your awareness. Okay, well, thanks, buddy. When I crack the fucking code on just raising my awareness and just changing my fucking pattern, um, what should I do with that? I'll just, even though that's worth an endless amount of money and your concealed carry course is worth, you know, 250 bucks or $9.99 online, and that's the essential piece of the entire thing, and you did not give it to me. Alternately, you have subscribed to the Warhorse podcast, and you've actually received that. There it is. I just gave it to you. Does it take three weeks? Probably. But... I think you can make a lot of headway in one day. And that is my suggestion. To not necessarily, it's not like turning inward. It's just simply demanding nothing. It's, I need nothing, and if I do need something, I'm going to pay you for it. Or I'm going to otherwise operate via reciprocity in this mostly transactional, mercantile-based situation we find ourselves in. Okay, that was 20 minutes. We're at an hour five. I'm going to take a, take a quick break, um, lick some, some Bufo hallucinogenic toad venom, and... Um, Probably eat a couple of mango, no, papaya slices. And I'll be right back with you. Subscriber, Warhorse Absorber. GoldenGoatGill.net. That's where you go to subscribe. That's where you go to get breathwork assistance. I can't chart the entirety of the course for you. That's totally not the point. It's definitely one of these teach a man to fish, you know, go fish things. And, um, yeah, otherwise, if you have questions and they're very easy questions, you can DM them to me. Otherwise, you can avail yourself of some of the other consultation options. All of our, um, all of our time is valuable. And now that I have two 
now that I have been blessed with two healthy, beautiful boys, incredible amounts of my bandwidth will be going there. So I won't necessarily be as available as I once was. Hopefully you understand. But that said, DM me if something comes up and um, thank you for your attention. I hope that you found this valuable. And if you did, share it with your friends. Grab a copy of King of Dogs. I got a comment the other day um, from somebody who had realized through, I think they found the podcast first and then they went back and read King of Dogs and they realized, oh, this is all of a piece. Yes, indeed. It is all of a piece. All of my work is all of a piece. It's all the same thing. So um, do that if you have not. And if you have read the book and you have not left a five-star review, please do so. It's really helpful. It's probably more helpful than that $5 a month, honestly. Um, you don't have to say much. You know, one or two short sentences is plenty. I know it's not very convenient. I honestly don't do it as much as I should myself. But in this case, it would be much uh, appreciated. All right. Adios, amigos.